Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Welcome to Event Up, the place to get the greatest and latest event industry news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we'll be discussing everything from strategic planning to what is new for the National Football League. Today, I'm joined by Carly Savinsky, Event Operations and Logistics at National Football League. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Great. Thank you for joining us. Carly is a tenure event strategist for the National Football League, NFL for 18 NFL seasons. Yes, 18. You can't see, but she's so fabulous. But Carly has led large-scale live events activation at the league's major year-round event platforms, including Super Bowl, Horror Bowl, Draft, Scouting Combined, and other league special events. She attributes much of her success to cultivating meaningful relationship with key stakeholders, including NFL owners, commissioners, and C-suite executives which has allowed Carly to build reputation of consistently delivering exceptional results. That sounds very serious and it's not a very serious job. <laughs> I know, but that, that's why this is great to have you come on to our podcast and share a little bit more. How did you end up here, Carly? Yeah, um, it's 18 seasons, but it's really about 20 years. I started as a summer intern um, just by chance at the time, there was not a very formalized internship program like we have now. We have several programs um, for emerging students at the time now, but at, back in 2000 and 2001, 2002, there, there wasn't something as formal. So I just sort of snuck in the back door, I say, um, and I never left because why would you ever leave the NFL? So I started actually as a PR intern and a lot of my friends from that I worked for in the PR department are still my friends and partners to this day. So um, I've been able to build and cultivate those relationships and friendships, and it's proven meaningful um, throughout my career. I transitioned into the events department uh, 2004, and I never left. Um, so my job has changed, as you can imagine, greatly over the past, eight, we say, 18 seasons. 18 Super Bowls is really how we count our, our tenure at the NFL. Um, but I've worked in various um, for, in different areas in the events department. But for the most part, with it minus the little stint in PR, I've been in the events department. But really, um, it was an internship program that just never ended. <laughs> I love that last 18 years. And being yes. <laughs> That's wonderful. Hey, sometimes when the stars align, it just happens, you know? Right, right. And when you're in the right, you obviously love what you do. And mm -hmm. I always say events people were very, were very unique type of people because either you love it or you don't because we do right. it not for necessarily, we just do it for the passion and the unveil and all the things that we strive to do. And because it's the NFL, I'm sure there's so many top of the line moments and event experiences. But what I want to know is what, what's your ultimate, like, what's your one favorite favorite? Yeah. So everybody thinks NFL, you think Super Bowl, um, you might think the draft, 
you might think Pro Bowl, but there are other events that we do that are smaller, lesser known. Um, so I'll state the less, the, probably the least obvious event, it's the Scouting Combine. And that sounds um, serious, like I said before, but it's really, it's 300 of the top college draft prospects. So it's the 300 to 350 top college players that all come to Indianapolis. And we've been hosting this event in Indiana for over 30 years. Um, and they're great partners of ours. Uh, but these 30 or 300 students come and they basically have tryouts. And so they're there in town for about five days and they go through all these rigorous testing, whether it's on field drills, they do medical testing that's very uh, serious. They have psychological testing. Um, they do social media um, broadcast interviews and things of that nature. And it's really a, a five day mini camp for them. And the reason why I love it so much is it's filled with hope um, and it's basically leaning them into their future because these players would then ultimately get drafted by a team for the NFL. So it's their first four way and their first introduction to the NFL. And so we get to um, work with them on site in Indiana and, and build out their career and help them then transition into the NFL. And what makes it so unique and so fun is the NFL is a very sort of broad company and it has many, you know, reaches, but in Indiana, it's the head coach, um, the other coaching staff, the general managers, the presidents, the owners, all the scouts, we have broadcast partners, media, um, we have NFL staff there. So it's basically everybody from the NFL world and the football world are all condensed down onto this four or five block radius in downtown Indianapolis. Um, so you're in this small little bubble with the basically everybody in the NFL world. And so through that, we've been able to build out, we figured well, what more, what a better place to have fans when you're in this like very small, unique sort of under the tent, inside the bubble, um, exclusive access. So we brought fans into the stadium, which was always a very sterile, quiet environment. Um, the football world did not want fans in there messing with the actual on-field drills and the tryouts because they didn't want to um, do anything to mess with the players on the field. But we said, please, can we? This is such a unique moment for our fans. And so through the relationships that I had at the NFL and with uh, a lot of the teams, I sort of had to campaign and get everybody on board with the idea of bringing fans into the stadium, which sounds so silly, but it really is. Um, it was a big challenge to overcome. The football world really did not want any fans in there. But once we opened that little door, a little creek, then we were able to have fans in the stadium, um, have fans outside the stadium. We built a combine experience in the adjacent uh, building there, the convention center. Um, so it was really a nothing event that was very closed off to any public and slowly and surely became um, our next biggest event that we're trying to really build up. We just did a, a bid for this event. So the next two years will then also be in Indiana and we're hoping to grow this event to something that's much bigger that can then travel to other NFL cities. But right now we're looking forward to rounding it out and making it the best it could possibly be in Indiana. So it was a nothing, nothing event that we're slowly bringing to our fans and it's still in its baby infancy stage. But um, hopefully you'll be talking about it just as big as you would be talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's incredible. And I'm sure the fans are so excited to be able to have, you know, access like this. Yeah, it's that great. Happens. That's great. 
And that's what I love about events, right? Because it can really spark from something or an idea and really roll ball and transition and transform into an amazing experience. And that lasted, I would say, an impactful memory for some in someone's life. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's awesome. And we always say here, crisis create opportunity. So what yeah. were some ideas or skill set that you guys learned throughout the pandemic? Mm-hmm. So I would say that the virtual draft that we held that year was a huge learning experience for us. We thought, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, the draft was a, another small event that was just held at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. And then through opportunity, we were able to move the event to Chicago. And then we've now we bring it around to different um, NFL cities. And so it became a big fan event and with a big fan festival and all of that you know, stage moment where a commissioner comes onto stage and he hugs the player when he's drafted. And then all of a sudden we couldn't do any of that. And so we figured, well, how are we going to make this impactful for our fans, for the players too, um, and for broadcast on TV? And how can we, we can't ignore this. We can't just say, oh, you know, it's a pandemic, so we're not going to do anything. It goes away. No, we were challenged and we all rose to the occasion. Every single person in the company worked on this event. And it seems like it was going to be, we didn't know how it was going to go. So we had a virtual draft and the commissioner was announcing the picks in his basement on his favorite leather chair. And we thought, oh, I hope this is a hit with the fans. Then of course it resonated because we were all in our basements because it was the pandemic and we were all at home. And so we learned, okay, we, we can connect with our fans through virtual platforms and through social media. We had a whole social component platform built around the draft as well. And we, I think we never really leaned into that platform in the ways that we have now. And so that sort of sparked everything now moving forward um, at Super Bowl that same year. And then this past year, we had virtual interviews with our players um, so they could connect with media members that were not in town in LA, but they could do uh, interviews with media members that didn't travel. And then now moving forward, we really lean into the social platforms and other virtual ways of engaging with our fans. So we're not the event doesn't live within the four quote walls of the event space, but it it now can can be have so much more reach and so many more eyeballs on the event um, through you know virtual and social platforms. And also our our players really love that too um, because they're young and so they're all on TikTok and whatever else. So um, they love that and they love interacting with each other. Um, I'm sure you've all seen any funny virtual moments, even older guys like Tom Brady and Gronk. I mean, everybody's sort of into that now. And so it gives us another way of showing our players in what we like to say is helmet off moments, because when they're on the field, it's hard to really feel like you have a connection with the player when you can't see his face as well. But when you have helmet off moments on, you know, social platforms, that is another way you think, oh, he's hilarious. What a great guy he is in his community, things like that. Um, It really helps us build our brand and build the player's brand as well. Definitely. And it really humanizes them too, right? Bring a little bit of personality out. So it's just really able to integrate that. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I love the part, I think definitely the, you know, silver lining is the reach. I agree with you because then people that normally can't even, you know, travel there due to whatever reason, maybe they're busy or financially, but now they could just like tune in, turn on their laptop, turn on their phone, right? Right. 
Right. Our, our fan base is so, you know, vast in the sense that it's not just the fan that's in the stadium watching the game. It could be somebody that's watching, you know, streaming a game on a device. It could be somebody that just plays Madden, but you know, there's so many ways that our fans engage and it really runs the gamut from, you know, age five to a hundred, really, if you think about it. Yeah, definitely. I, something, it reminded me something funny because when my kid was really young, I remember him asking me like, why is daddy mad at the TV? And I was like, he's not mad. Why did you say he's mad? He's, like, he's screaming at the TV. And my husband was watching football just like right. very passionately. Right. And I was like, oh, I had to explain to my son, like, this is what's happening. <laughs> this is sports, so, right? Yeah, this is sports. You'll get into it. Um, so in terms of, I guess, what's, what's new that's coming up for NFL this year that we could be looking for? Um, yeah, so I would say more virtual engagement with our fans and our players. I think if you're talking event specific, we are leaning into, we have a companion app and basically um, it's put it, you know, you do everything with your phone and everything through an app on your phone all day long. So we have an app that we've been building out, you know, slow and steady over the years that basically puts the power back into our fans' hands. So when you're at an event, you can navigate through the event um, at your own pace, whatever you want to do through that, even to the logistics of directional wayfinding, giving um, the fan, if at Super Bowl, they parked in a certain lot or arrived via a certain sponsorship bus, they can navigate through signage that we have in place, but also um, hoping to build out an app on your phone that can help you navigate to your seats and then back home um, when it's dark and maybe you've had a few cocktails. Um, and also using an app where um, basically it's a listening device. And so in the past, we handed out actual in-ear radios to our fans who attended the scouting combine to the draft. And this gave fans the opportunity to listen in to the various broadcast partners that are there on site, sort of like you would at, I don't know, a tennis match or something, a golf uh, golf tournament where you were listening in to hear the announcers. Uh, this is now an app that would do it for you with your phone and your own ear your buds or whatever. Um, so just elevating the fan experience through different technologies I think we're excited about it it sounds simple but it really the smallest thing really elevates the fan experience so um we're excited about that a hundred percent I think that's so strategic and really tying it into leveraging technology mm -hmm. yeah and then of course just continued evolution of our high-end hospitality we're trying to always be um, the leaders in that regard. And it's, you know, we're trying to keep up with folks like F1. We just saw a big, you know, event in Miami with F1. They did an amazing job. So just making sure that we're not left in the dust and that we're the, the front runners of that. Yeah, super important. Yeah. How are, and in terms of how do you, how are you guys planning to set up your team strategically for the upcoming NFL season too. Yeah. So I don't know if people know this, but the way we, we plan our events basically like five years in advance. So I'll start with Super Bowl because that's the most one, that's when everybody knows, but we already know where Super Bowl is going to be for the next three years, um, what cities they're in. And we, we actually bid out the Super Bowl to the various cities. They, you know, they raise their hands and they say they want to participate. They have to meet a whole boatload of requirements, but then we, once they are awarded the game, we start working with them immediately, the same for the draft. Um, so we're, we're already planning not only this year's Super Bowl that's coming up in Arizona, but the next two, three years, 
Um, we're planning those simultaneously planning the draft that's coming up this year and the next three or four drafts. So the success isn't just immediate. It's definitely been, it's we're in for the long haul and we're multitasking and we're planning, you know, things long in advance, but everything comes up pretty quickly and happens very fast. Um, so I, th I think for the most part, our success relies on constant communication, whether it's with the hotels in the future Super Bowl cities or with each other. Um, we sit very closely together and we travel very frequently um, to all these cities, just making sure that everything's on point, whether it's with transportation, security. Um, basically, we're, we work with every single department in our company and a lot of other um, stakeholders, and we rely very heavily on our partnerships with our vendors. Our vendors are another extension of us. Um, we would be nowhere without our vendor partners. And so we love them. And so um, we basically work together as one big happy family. So it's really just constantly communicating, lots of meetings, lots of travel, lots of Zoom calls. Uh, but that's just basically, the, that's the key. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. Constant communication is very yes. important. Yeah. And I can totally yeah. see how this is like a playbook. Like you kind of finish next again and do it all over. Right. Again. But making sure that we're not doing the same event over and over. So how can we be better? What did we learn from the last time? Um, when we go to a new city, that's fun and a new challenge because we've never been there before. So it's a new fan base, it's new city partners, it's new event spaces, new parks, whatever it is. Um, that's one challenge. But then the other challenge is going to the same city and making it all better, new, elevated. So we're returning to Arizona. Um, this will be my third Super Bowl in Arizona in my, you know, 18, 19 years or whatever. Um, but it's different. And it's, we have new events, we have grown our footprint at the stadiums, we have more parties on game day at the stadium. Um, our expectations from the clubs and the participating teams are much higher. Uh, so that's another challenge is being in the same city, but not just taking out the old plans off the shelf and dusting them off. It's what what can we do that's better, bigger, um, more elevated, and you know, servicing our fans and our players and our clubs, sponsors, broadcast partners in the best way that we possibly can. Yeah, hundred percent. Constantly try to reinvent the not reinvent the wheel, but like you said, elevate the experience. Ratchet it up, right? just better, better, better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's not like wait, this was like five years ago, or this no. is last year, and we right. always joke. right. Yeah, right. even our own agency here at Innovate Market Group, we joke because we're like, client would tell us, oh my God, that was the best. That was the best. And then like at the debrief, we're like, okay, now we got to top it off next year, right? Right, right. Yeah. Even the littlest thing, like I said, even the smallest thing, you might say, oh, why is the wayfinding app important? Well, because we found that our fans still have struggles getting back to the right bus at the end of the night. So we figure what can we do to help them? So it's even the smallest learning we don't just take it and say, okay, no big deal. No, everything is very important to improve upon. Even if it's the smallest improvement in the long run, it makes a big deal. I think that's why, you know, it's important. So that, I think it's, it's a testament to the, the work that you guys do, right? And the work that you do, I know you were nominated for 2021 Most Influential Event Professional. You were on the <laughs> Smash 500 list. And that's how I found out about you. But really, like all these effort, it takes time. 
right? Taking the smallest feedback or the biggest feedback, but integrating it for a, the infuse it to make it even better for the next experience. So that's really wonderful to hear. Um, in terms of how about for fans, like, do you guys have any other fan events coming up that you're planning for the upcoming season? Yeah. So we are really excited to reimagine our Pro Bowl this year. Um, the Pro Bowl has changed slightly over the last 20 years. I would say when I first started at the NFL, the Pro Bowl was played after the Super Bowl in Hawaii. Um, and as much as we loved that very much, it just meant more sense to us to change the Pro Bowl to be the weekend prior to the Super Bowl when everyone's still, you know, in the thick of NFL season, they want to watch the Pro Bowl first and then play the Super Bowl. But what we found over the last couple of years is that the on-field game wasn't as um, superior as it should be. And so this is the first year that we're not actually playing a game at the Pro Bowl, but we are looking to have another way to most importantly celebrate our players who are awarded as Pro Bowl players integrating with their families. It's very important that we have their families involved in the celebration. And then of course, creating an elevated fan event and, and, and creating again, more helmets off moments with the players. So we are spending a lot of time, you know, daily phone calls, daily Zooms meetings to figure out how we can service our players, the clubs, our broadcast partners, of course, our fans, um, and what this Pro Bowl week really looks like. We um, were in Vegas last year. We're returning to Las Vegas this year. Um, we have a great partnership with them, and it's obviously it provides great opportunities in such a great city. Um, we have played, I think, maybe six years of the Pro Bowl Skills Showdown, which is a television show on ESPN that I've produced alongside Ace Smith, which is the production company that does that TV show, American Ninja Warrior, Hell's Kitchen, and a bunch of other really fun TV shows. And so we, it, the Pro Bowl Skills Showdown is a show where we have a select group of, I think it's like 10 AFC players versus 10 NFC players, and they're participating in five skill challenges that are not very serious. Um, we've changed them up over the years, but we had uh, an obstacle course gauntlet. We had a dunk tank. We have throwing drills, catching drills. And then it always ends with um, dodgeball dodge as the final drill of the show. Uh, and it really gives the guys a, a, an opportunity to have a lot of fun, show off their amazing talents um, and just, you know, have a good time on the field in a less serious way that our fans really love. So we will definitely bring that back, but we're trying to do it in a more creative way, leaning into um, the opportunities that we have in Las Vegas, maybe doing some skills on the Vegas Strip. Uh, I don't want to give away too many secrets, but um, there's a lot of new conversations about the Pro Bowl this year. And so it gives us all a, uh, an opportunity to collaborate across the building, you know, our offices and actually in New York, LA and New Jersey at NFL Films and just have creative conversations and figure out what this new event is, because it's really to celebrate the players, but it also is a really fun event for our fans. That's awesome. I, I remember doing you while you're talking, you reminded me of the event that we did with the USC football players where they did drills with the kids because it was yeah. a family fun day. And you see this like huge football player and they're like, okay, telling like a little kid five-year-old like run into me. Like, you know, and literally they don't even make a dent when they hit the padding, but then the football player just pretend like it made an impact. It fell over and then yeah. like 
laughed so hard, right? But it, it probably made his day. Right. We Part of Pro Bowl week, I should have said, is uh, there's a great many uh, youth football events that we do, flag football um, with the with the local communities. So we're looking forward to bringing that back as well. Really great opportunities for everybody. Oh, that sounds great. We'll definitely be tuning in to see what you have. Yeah. yeah. In terms of, you know, we talked a lot about your favorite events. How about in terms of what is the pinnacle of your career journey so far, especially being with one company? <laughs> I know. Very unique. One company, but I definitely feel like I've I've worked in very I've worn many hats or I've my career has changed a lot. Um, I don't know. Pinnacle is maybe not the word I would say, but I was really proud um, when we created the first combine fan experience. It took a lot of campaigning around the building and talking to the, the clubs and just built on my relationships and the trust that I have gained throughout my career. Um, people thought I was crazy when I said, we really need to open this event up to fans. We need to bring them into the stadium. We need to create a fan event for them to run and jump and throw like they are also participating in the scouting combine. Um, it was a lot of negotiating, um, negotiating with the city as well. And it was, it was a small event. And if you compare it to the Super Bowl, but it was a big event and a big moment and a big change in the shift of this event and sort of opened the doors to something that was never done before. Um, so I was really proud of that moment because I I thought this is going to be amazing and you know it, it has been and it continues to grow. So that was something that I was just personally very proud of and of course I didn't do it alone everybody worked on it together but it was something that I just personally felt that this was a must do um and I had the support of our key stakeholders to you know get that event off the ground and then smaller things that I thought were just really fun when we had Super Bowl in New York City we, you know, the stadium is in New Jersey, it's the Meadowlands, but we wanted to make an impact in New York and New Jersey. And at the time I was in charge of our decor program and New York's a tough city to work in. Everybody who's worked in New York knows that it's hard and it's really hard to make a big splash and a big impact in a big city. It's, it's easy to make a big impact in downtown Indianapolis when you're the only group there, but in New York, when you're trying to canvas New York and New Jersey and, and do something that people care about, um, that was a challenge for all of us. And so one of the small things I did as part of the decor program, which is our, you know, building graphics and, and things of that nature, you, you know, every big event has, was we did a taxi takeover. And so we wrapped um, a bunch of New York City taxis with past Super Bowl ticket art. So the fun graphic that's on your Super Bowl ticket, we took all the past, it was Super Bowl 48 in, uh, in 2014 in New York City. And so we had all the prior ticket artwork on, I don't know, I think it was like a small amount of taxis, but call it like 100 or 200 taxi cabs, but they were driving around New York City with the graphic fully wrapped on the taxi cab. So it was a, it was a small takeover, but it took so much work to get accomplished. Um, yeah. So it was just, you know, a moment that I'm I'm very proud of. And I look back, you know, sometimes I forget that even happened. And then I see pictures and, oh, yeah, we did that, too. Um, and the same year in New York, we did a pop up restaurant. So we actually were in the restaurant business for a brief moment. Um, and it was my favorite. And I talk about it all the time because it was so unique and so different. But the thought behind that was, again, how do we make a splash in New York City and bring the game and the Super Bowl to fans that 
are definitely not going to this Super Bowl, but maybe want to interact with the NFL in a special way. And we figured, well, there's a dining culture in New York, of course. And so we took over space in Times Square, a lounge space in one of the hotels there that overlooked Times Square. And we decked it out in high-end Super Bowl decor. And we took Hall of Fame busts that we brought in from the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And we really made this elevated dining experience where local fans could just come in off the street and have a beer with a, you know, Howie Long or somebody like that, or you could buy out a table. And if you were a corporate bank or a local business and you wanted to own one of the premier tables in the restaurant, you were able to buy out the table for the week and that became yours to, and you could entertain your clients uh, that way. And we partnered with the famed restaurant tour, Danny Meyer in New York city. So it was a very unique New York city experience that we thought outside the box. Um, we definitely didn't know what we were doing, but we were thankful to partner with Danny Meyer and his team. Um, and it was uh, we thought it was one of the most successful uh, touch points of that game. So just different small ways to sort of connect with our fans that are, are not your traditional ways. Those are remarkable. Oh my gosh, definitely making a splash. I'm like, <laughs> what is the Los Angeles editions of these? We did LA last year and it was again, very hard to make a big splash in a big city. So we did local community events. Um, my colleague runs a decor program now and, and she did building, amazing building takeovers. She did actually a drone show. So talk about how um, technology has changed. We had, I did taxi cabs in New York and that seems so lame compared to an amazing flying drone show with our you know logos high in the air every night. So. That. Yeah. So, I mean, things have changed and that's what happens when you worked at the same company for almost 20 years. You see, you laugh at how you used to do things um, on your BlackBerry and now you're doing drones. <laughs> it gets better and better. It gets better. Right. Yeah. And one of my favorite questions that I always love to add as event leaders and professional is because the event industry, it is kind of crazy, right? We work on off hours. We work all the time. How do you personally practice self-care, Carly? Yeah, I would say the most important thing is on event site, whatever it might be, um, taking care of each other. So if I have my, all of our co-workers are partners in crime and there's also a lot of women. Um, so we have each other's back. Uh, and so whether it's getting somebody a coffee, a glass of wine, you know, whatever it might be to just make sure that you're partners are your partners in crime and you're taking care of them and then turn, they will take care of you. Um, but even today I took a mental health walk in the middle of the day and I'm where our office is sort of close to Central Park. So I walked to Central Park, had a little moment of Zen and then just went back to the office. And then I like to do Pilates in the morning before work. So I'm, I make sure to get that in. It's important to me for my mental health Pilates running. I swim in the summer. So I think exercise for me personally just keeps me sane. And I also find that I do my best thinking when I'm swimming or running, when you're just sort of monotonous, you know, running and you're just sort of like there, your brain's not really working. And all of a sudden the problem that you're trying to solve, the solution pops into your head. So things like that really, I think are beneficial for me personally. Awesome. Well, next time you're in Los Angeles, make sure you pop into our office. Yes. I'll walk with you. Okay. I'll walk with you. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you would like to share with the audience? Those are some great best. I mean, I really appreciate the self-care best practices because 
a lot of time, you know, that's not at the forefront, but it's so great that you kind of have the system, a support system. Yeah. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Any additional you want to share with the audience today? I just, I like to make a positive impact on whomever I'm around um, at whatever event. So the league and as a whole likes to leave whatever city we're in better than when we found it um, with through community, you know, events and things like that. But I personally like to just try to make people feel good about themselves and and lift them up in, in whatever way I can. It makes me feel better if, if my, my friends and family feel good. So I, I always just try to be sort of the brightness in the day. I'm not always definitely, you know, admittedly not, but I try to. And I found that because of that, um, and again, because I've been in this industry for so long, um, I know a lot of people. And so jobs that or I guess people that I met in pre previous jobs in different cities, um, the event industry is big, but it's also very small. And so you meet the same people over and over again in maybe different roles and in different companies in different cities, but you know, you never want to burn any bridges or be a, a negative person because you're going to see them again. And so you want them to say, oh, she's great. Not like, oh, you avoid her. So I just try to be a positive influence in, in everybody's life. Yes, you want people to have bright eyes when they see you. Walk yeah. the other way. Yeah, exactly. So many fantastic key takeaways today, Carly. I mean, some of my highlights were helmet off moments because yeah. sometimes people forget that, right? At the end of the day, behind the scenes is like there's human behind it. So I really love that because you're really um, integrating and humanized those experiences and two is elevating the experience I love what you said same venue or you know same city but then the experience is different you're elevating yeah, that so definitely. again it goes back to that experience and then three the fact that you you know use technology to improve the event experience as some you know I don't want to say simple but the app is so helpful right you guys were right because of the feedback, people were getting lost because wayfinding, I know a lot of people have those Seinfeld moments where they come out and they're like, where did I park? That's exactly it. Yeah, and it's like, they all look at each other like, wait, Carly, you weren't paying attention? I mean, you weren't paying, like, I thought you got this, you know? And then you all walk and be like, uh, there's like 100,000 cars here. Right. Um, keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> so this, is, this is so great. Next time I go to an NFL event, now I know to look, use that app because I usually just take a picture yeah, that, yeah that's my secret when I go to like conferences and stuff I'm like okay level two f1 take a picture so right like, you know <laughs> yeah. but these are great thank you so much well, thank you what is the best way for our audience to get in touch with you I think LinkedIn I try to respond um I know you get messages and whatnot I I try to always respond to people I really enjoy when young professionals reach out because not that I, you know, I feel like I snuck in at this job and I have had a great opportunity and a great career. So I always want to help young professionals start their career. Not that I have all the answers. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I figure someone took a chance on me. So I just, I like, you know, I'm happy to help others. Oh, that's so wonderful. So for those of you that are tuning in, maybe you just started in your event career, make sure you take advantage of that when someone's offering you know, you got to raise your hand and just reach out. You can say you heard Carly talk on the Event Up podcast. So you're reaching out because you're looking for a mentor or just some guidance, right? Yes. How did she get that internship in the first place and how she kind of stay there <laughs> for 18 years and continue yeah. to kind of thrive in that position. But this has been truly incredible. Thank you so much. 
And, you know, for those of you that are tuning in, if you have any questions or you just are interested in learning more, make sure you check out our other episodes. We have so many amazing leaders like Carly that just veterans in the events industry. So, so glad you guys could join in today. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up.